I'm Joe Kane. I'm Sal Conca. And I'm Wayne Heckler. And this is the Imperfect Podcast. Don't forget to check us out at hecklercane.com and everywhere on social media. To, to the, the bumper. bumper. On today's show, we got two special guests. We have uh, two guys who are making a Western. Uh, now, this is really like you know kind of throwback to old westerns it's traditional western traditional right? western spaghetti uh, it's western called, it's called gun hand and they're raising an indiegogo platform we're gonna have erman barati and ray aiolu it's great because i think westerns are a genre that just has been overlooked for a long time you've seen a couple quentin tarantino he yeah. put out the hateful eight uh the revenant is something that was put out but i don't know if the revenant was really a traditional western the way we think about unforgiven and tombstone yeah, and yeah. Th- those other movies so this is pretty cool i mean th- there's a lot that goes into making a western so we're going to be talking about everything from locations to funding to gear that they used and and everything else under the sun so, trouble with horses i mean we're covering it all today <laughs> exactly so stick around and we're going to chat with erman and ray erman ray welcome to the imperfect podcast how are you guys doing today very well, thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you, thank you as well. Awesome. Where are you guys calling in from? Uh, I'm calling in from Amsterdam right now. Ah, the red light district. <laughs> uh, how'd you know? <laughs> I saw the red flashing lights behind your, you know. He just got very flustered real quick. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm from Virginia Beach, Virginia. Unfortunately, no red light districts. I think it's, it's, it's very illegal here. Nice. Everything's illegal down there in Virginia. <laughs> yeah. It's a commonwealth, so. Cool. Cool. So um, we had you on today. wanted to talk about your uh, independent film, Gun Hand, which is currently in the process of being um, crowdfunded on Indiegogo. Um, yeah. But want to really talk to you guys about your history and what inspired you to make this movie. It's a Western, which is something that uh, I think a genre that doesn't get talked about a lot. We talk a lot about horror. A lot about yeah. comedy. Western is one of those uh, forgotten arts. You got guys like Quentin Tarantino that uh, you know have made some uh, projects recently. So why don't you guys give us a little bit of background, fill in some of the gaps for our audience about um, how you came to be making films and uh, what your backgrounds are, any formal training, things like that. I have a background actually as a, as a comic. I used to draw comics all the time. And uh, from comics, I got into storyboarding. Um, and I met some people who were doing a lot of 2d animation stuff. Uh, this is, you know, in the nineties before 3d really, uh, broke, uh, made, made, made its way into all forms of animation. And then from storyboarding, you, you kind of, you know, you work with the director and, and you kind of vision the story unfolding. And I really learned a lot from talking to these directors about how things that they wanted. And then I just, one day decided that I was going to try to tell my own stories um, and uh, actually going to live action um, somehow was more of a challenge. I kind of like it. I like a challenge. Um, we'll get to that later when we talk about why you want to make a Western. Sure. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I just kind of, ro- just kind of rolled into it and I, I don't really have any uh, formal training other than, uh, you know, the, the storyboarding aspect. Cool. So is your role with Gunhand, are you the screenwriter? Did you write the script? or? Uh, yes. Yes, I did write the script as well, yep. 
Okay, awesome. So, Erman, how did you get involved with film, and what's your background like? Yeah, so I went to film school here in Virginia Beach, Virginia, but my start in the industry kind of started in a – not I don't say weird, but it was actually through other industries. So um, while in film school, uh, I interned at a re- local radio station here, and meanwhile I had uh, uh, worked a little bit with some music artists uh, in the local area. And uh, I utilized that background – to actually land a Hollywood internship. So I flew out to L.A. in 2012, did that whole deal, learned script, script coverage because my whole thing is I want to be a screenwriter myself. So I learned script coverage, um, utilized that background and get more gigs, more gigs. And then somehow it kind of like segued into uh, event production. <laughs> so okay. uh, I do a lot of uh, panel events, industry panel events in L.A., New York, Chicago, and I just did one in Virginia. So I kind of used my background in, in – uh, in script, script coverage to get uh, gigs in uh, screenwriting conferences, uh, which led to producing my own events. Um, and today uh, we, we, we do events uh, in, in all those big cities. And we, we utilize those, those contacts to help us move forward when it comes to projects. So uh, my partner, my business partner, Brandon, he, uh, he connected with the, the folks over at Gunhand and he's like, hey, we have to work with these guys. Uh, so, uh, so we, we met up, we met up via Skype with them because they're all over in Europe and we're here in the U- United States. But, um, we want to, uh, as a company, uh, mixed knowledge, we want to segue into more productions. Uh, so, uh, we believe that, uh, you know, a project like this is something we definitely want to, want to be part of because it's just so grand, you know, mm-hmm. um, you look at the trailer or I'm sorry, you look at the, the, the teaser trailer on, on Indiegogo and it's like, wow, like, why would you not want to work with these guys? They have a really great vision. Um, it reminds me of like films that I love, you know, um, as a film lover. So, sure. um, yeah, so here we are today and, uh, you know, we can't wait to, to see how, where this film goes. Cool. Now the cinematography on that teaser trailer is absolutely, it's beautiful. Yeah. So one of the things that really captured our attention, of course, story, um, but the visually what you, what you see there is we, we, we just, we're just in awe of it. So, <laughs> Ray, I want to ask you, what camera did you use to shoot that? A number of black magic uh, cameras, mostly black magic cameras. I should say that, uh, you know, uh, the the cinema, the Ursa, um, and uh, we did, yeah, that no, pretty much, pretty much those. Those th- those were the main cameras we used. All right, thank you. Cool. Yeah, I mean it's it's beautiful. It's eye, it's eye catching for sure, and that's one of the things we noticed right away. Um, that the, and and the editing, right? The, the lighting, yeah. you know, just really made like set the tone properly. So yeah. it does. Yeah. It's it is actually a teaser because it's actually teasing us. We want to see the rest of this. I mean, Absolutely. it's, <laughs> it's it, looking really good. Yes. It did its job, right? Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Where, yeah. where was that actually shot? The uh, the teaser shot. Well, well, that's. I mean, that's going to sound a little bit crazy, but that's actually all shot. Uh, you know, here in the Netherlands, and if if you guys, it, uh, Holland, where you know, and it's one of the most densely populated countries in Europe. We had to like really struggle to find something that felt anything like you know the West. When you're thinking of right. westerns, you're thinking of these grand, big open spaces. You know, yeah. with desolate. You know. Uh, isolated areas so we we you know at sometimes we really had to you know struggle we had to ask people you know could you please get out of the way we're trying to <laughs> you know we're trying to make this get this shot here and you know <laughs> uh, anyway but so we had a quite our cha- bit of challenge to get it done but i in the end i i we're really pleased with the way it looks and uh we're happy to hear that other people you know really 
get the idea, the sense of, of what we're trying to do with the film. Because you guys were talking about uh, that, that, you know, horror is a genre that comes comes around a lot. It's, I mean, what we're trying to do is definitely something that's uh, that really grabs you. And, and I would almost say it's more maybe like a thriller. You know, I don't want to go as far as horror, but, you know, it's definitely not a, a, a soft, uh, sentimental kind of kind of story. Yeah. yeah. And what we love about Westerns is that there's Westerns that we love usually cross genres in a way. You know, there's always the romantic part to it, the, the dramatic part, of course, but also the action part to it. So Westerns kind of engulf other other genres in a really cool way. Well, as long as you're not going to make remake Wild Wild West with Will Smith, I think we'll be okay. <laughs> no, no, no worries. Well, let me ask your opinion. I mean, uh, Quentin Tarantino has done some westerns as of as of recent. You saw the uh, Cowboys versus Aliens and uh, some Cowboys and Zombies and other other oh, yeah. crossover things. And um, I, I really, I genuinely don't think that's the way you're going. But um, no. has that kind of spoiled some of the um, cowboy and and um, western feels and western genres i think it has a little bit i think that it's a shame that people have don't see westerns just as a as a medium uh, as a vehicle to tell you know pretty much any kind of of human story i mean any you know just the the themes that you find in for instance in in, in a lot of science fiction or, or any any genre you can you can transpose them into the into the west and you can tell great stories. And so it's kind of a shame. It kind of cheapens the genre, genre a little bit, I think. Yeah. Well, there's been some great successes. I think The Revenant um, was a great flick, uh, yeah. you know, that, that was just amazing. I mean, the story there was phenomenal. And, and that had a long runtime. So you had, a, you, had yeah. a, you had to sit with The Revenant for a while to really be sold on it. And it, they did a great job. It didn't feel as long as it, as it was. So, right. yeah. Um, yeah. you know, and you're right. I mean, the Western is known for being able to tell these great stories. Um, initially, the, you know, the West, right, when we talk about the West, it's the, the U.S., the, the, the um, immigrant settlers and, and this type of story, right, and struggle and life stories and uh, stories of success and failure and all these types of things. So, um, you know, really excited. Can you maybe give us a brief synopsis of what the overarching story of Gun Hand is? Well, the, the, um, the, the story centers on, uh, actually on a younger character uh, who's based on a, someone who really existed named Frank Eaton. Uh, later, he was known as Pistol Pete. There's actually like a little YouTube video from the 1940s, I think, where he's still alive. He's like a real old man, and he's doing things with his gun and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was a he was a marshal at a really young age, and the reason why he was is because he was looking to find his father's killer, uh, and he he spent like a lot of years trying to find this guy that killed his dad. So anyway, the main character is this young marshal. Um, who actually um, is helped by uh, a, a former uh, outlaw, but the marshal doesn't know that he's a former outlaw. So at the end of the film, he kind of has this moral dilemma where this guy who helped him and saved his life actually is, is just as bad as the guy that he's, he was trying to kill. And so he has this dilemma, okay, you know, do I, do I forgive this guy, you know, uh, or do I, and do I accept that people can change, or, or am I just, you know, is, is, are things black and white? And, you know, if you've done something, uh, you know, in the past, uh, you know, you always have to have to pay the price. I mean, that's sort of the, his dilemma at, at the end of the film. Cool. 
Excellent. Yeah, obviously, right, you got the, you have your lead character established as the heroine, and you've created the conflict and dilemma there, so I'm curious to see how that story unfolds. We're all going to have to wait for it. So, <laughs> so I don't, sorry, you said you that. You want to give too many spoilers. I know, no exactly. spoilers, no spoilers yet. Exactly. You said that um, you were in the process of putting this together for three years. You're working on this one? Yep. Yeah, for a long time. It was actually a short film, and then we had we you know we ended up deciding not not to go for a short because we'd all made some shorts and to try to make a feature out of it so uh so also the, the you know the script had to be rewritten and uh it, it, i mean it's never completely finished yeah but, and i think like right you started it was it was envisioned for a novel right a dark yeah, novel yeah 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 well even a, like a, like a graphic novel yeah Oh, I see. Yeah. Anyway, like all works of art, it's never finished. You know, there's always so much you could do. It's always over. Right. Yeah. It's never finished. It's just released. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Now, is this the first time you worked with animals, like with horses? What was your experience with that? Any interesting things going on, or was it relatively easy to shoot them with them? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, you know, those. There's the three rules, uh, major rules: don't work with uh, kids, don't work with animals, and another thing is, don't don't do anything in another, uh, uh, you know, a time frame or era or anything like that. <laughs> so we're breaking uh, almost all those rules. Yeah, with, with, with um, you know, David. I have to say, David is the the. Guy, the guy that I work with, he's a really talented uh, cinematographer. You know, I, I myself also, I'm always really excited what he's able to do with the camera. But he helps, you know, me with plan all kinds of shots. And we had all kinds of stuff planned with horses. And we had these guys from this Western uh, riding uh, sort of club. And they promised they would be able to do this and that. And then, you know, these horses looked great and everything looked great. And then as soon as the, you know, the camera got close to the horse, the horse just decided, you know, I don't want to be a part of any Western. I don't want, I don't, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's to be always in a movie. the way. Yeah. Don't want to be in a movie. You know, so, <laughs> so, you know, a lot of respect to, uh, you know, uh, people who work, you know, train horses sure. to work in, in actually in films, because we did all this stuff without, you know, these, these horses that are trained. Uh, and they do they do fine when they're just doing their their regular thing. But as soon as they get around cameras and 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 lighting and things like that, they they get spooked, and that was that makes it really tough. Sure. Now, Erman, is your uh, your executive producing this? I assume, and is, is this your first feature that you're producing, or have you worked on feature films before, or just shorts? <laughs> Uh, as a college student, I worked on feature films that I don't want to talk about. Uh, <laughs> uh, but in in this capacity, yes, uh, when it comes to funding and when it comes to working with folks across the world, uh, it's it's a bigger scale than um, I've ever worked with before. But uh, uh, you know, we're always up for a good challenge. So, uh, and this is a this is a good challenge, uh, and it's a challenge worth taking uh, because of the story, because of how we want it to look. Cool. So, you talked about location. Location is a huge part of shooting this, and I know for yep. the trailer, like you just mentioned, you, you shot it in the Netherlands, but I believe you have a vision to shoot this through in Spain, in Spain right? Yeah. Spain, lovely country. Yeah, yeah. so yep. can you talk about a bit about selecting locations and why Spain, and have you scouted all the locations for this movie yet? Like, what what is that process kind of like, scouting locations and, and all that good stuff? Yeah, well, I, I tell you, you know, the, this whole film, I mean, even the fact that we're, you know, we're connecting on internet with you guys, uh, Ar Ar Armand and Brandon, we, we met through them through internet. 
the whole fact that you can put something like this together is also due to the age that we live in because of the internet. So scouting locations is mostly at first done by, by finding uh, all kinds of not just photographs, but you know, you can, I, I even find uh, people's home videos uh, <laughs> that they put on Facebook or, or sorry, that they put on YouTube. I, I'll just look in the title. If they, if they're, you know, on a holiday in a, in a certain area, I, I usually I'll check it out because sometimes you get to see certain angles of certain areas or you see these little gems of, uh, of locations. So, so location scouting is done. You don't necessarily have to go there yourself all the time. Well, I'm going to uh, stop. That's like a, that's like a quotable, like industry learning moment, right? Know, that's scouting, yeah, that's scouting excellent. locations on YouTube. I think people are going to be really interested of, on that one. It's so. smart. It's smart. <laughs> or, right. or they could consider it, him a stalker, one or the other, but you know, <laughs> well, you do. I mean, I do, I do, you know, I, 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 I'll constantly, the problem with scouting locations like that is that you're constantly thinking, okay, get out of the way. Right. <laughs> I'm, I want to get a look at, you know, what's behind the people. But anyway, but that, that, that's a way that we, uh, we found a bunch of places and the area in, in Spain, aside from the fact that it's got a lot of rich history because it was used for uh, most of the spaghetti Westerns shot by Sergio Leone. Um, it, there's an infrastructure there. Uh, there's, there's still a lot of stuff being shot there uh, for commercials and even uh, some sci-fi films, all different types of stuff is being done there. So uh, it's a logical location that in Europe, if you're trying to get something that, has a western feel to it like say arizona new mexico something like that um you know it's logical for you to go there and uh that's the reason why we'd like to shoot it there and i think it looks great too yeah, yeah. and for us americans it's an excuse for me to finally get a, a passport so. yeah right i was gonna say are you gonna, are you gonna go when filming commences so um i know you have um let's see by the time this airs there'll be nine days left to your Indiegogo campaign. So when is filming anticipated to commence or? The plan was for sometime in 2017, uh, yeah. October-ish, fall-ish. Yeah. Okay, so you're gonna have, are you gonna, yeah, ra- are you gonna be... try to raise a second round after the, the initial? Uh, probably looking at, at the Kickstarter as well because it's, it's, a, it's a slightly bigger platform, huh? Yeah. Sure. And the more, yeah, and the more you get, the more you could put into the film. That's what it's all about. Trying to make it as best as you can within those means. So that's excellent. Sure, keep going. Yeah, and there are other platforms as well. You can always look to to crowdfund. So it's not like all eggs in one basket. You know, this is a uh, this is a good chance to find other avenues as well and meet other people and and you know connect with more audience members. So to who who you think would probably want to contribute. So it's uh you know the internet. Thank God for the internet, right? Well, yeah. exactly. <laughs> let me ask. Let me ask. Let me ask you a question. How do you see this film going? Like, where do you see it going? Are you looking to do film festivals? You want theater release? Are you thinking about distribution? Erman, <laughs> you know what? Um, to the producer. Quite honestly, I, I would love to see it on the big screen. But hitting festivals is a is a good way to get some uh, attention from distribution from distribution companies. So uh, I definitely see it hitting the festivals in the future. Um, but VOD is a quite interesting platform, isn't it? Like anyone yeah. from anywhere in the world can can open up Netflix and see a movie. Um, so I mean, VOD, why not? 
Absolutely. Yeah, we've had some conflicting points of view on that mm. um, through through our episodes from other filmmakers, right? There's 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 like definitely two camps in the industry, yeah. right? To go well, the one the, the one camp is if you go to Netflix, it's like the graveyard. Like you're going to lo- to lose your film at the end of your film's run, and then the other right. side is getting yourself known and building from there. Once they see yeah. your work, now the next project we could even make bigger. So you see it two different ways. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny you say graveyard. I heard that too before. Um, it, it's an f- interesting uh, a look at that because you, you, when you think Netflix, you think one of the biggest platforms, right? But if if it's a TV show, yeah. But if it's a movie, I don't yeah. really know how, how often you go to Netflix to watch a movie. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. We had. Um, well, like, I'll, I'll name drop. We had um, Kyle Hester on the show he's done a couple of crowdfunded campaigns i don't know if you're familiar with zombie with a shotgun or preacher six which he's crowdfunding now you know and he was talking about a lot of the the blood sweat and tears that goes into your project and then selling it to netflix you're not going to get you're going to sell it for a nominal fee and that's kind of where it ends as opposed to getting all the juice out of it you could by going to festival or distribution or other avenues ethan had a similar um, view on yep. that as well, but you know, yeah. again, there's the other side of that camp. Like we said, going to Netflix and um, getting there, your, there getting are your name so out many there. there are so many avenues now that you can take. You can go to, to film market. You can go to yep. um, like like what uh, Sal said that the festivals. You can go to uh, you can go straight to internet and have people just download it directly and make money off of that way too. So yep. right. the, yep. this t- the technology in the day and age that we're in. It's it's really uh, mind boggling. It's just getting the name out there, getting the knowledge that this film exists. Is once they see yeah. oh sorry once they see that <laughs> I'm full of knocking the place apart. But once they see that, um, you know, they're hooked. Once they see the film, I, I think yes. Yeah, I think one of the things that with this film also is, you know, if we're if we're going through the trouble of uh, making a Western and we all, I think, are on the same page, you make a Western because of the, the scope and, the, the, you know, the, the, the large feel of it. You know, you guys mentioned The Revenant. I mean, that's a film I think everybody, you know, should see in the theater on a big yeah. screen. Uh, you know, uh, instead of maybe at home, uh, you know, on your laptop, at least at least once you should see it like that. And I think that's a good reason why we should try to get this film, uh, you know, in, in the theaters on the yeah. big screen. So at least, you know, uh, 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 an audience has a chance to, to see it that way. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So I know we talked about um, backgrounds and inspiration and things like that. So um, let's let's find out, like, Westerns. What are your three favorite westerns? That if you think back, like, can you can you name three, or is it like is three not enough for you? Are you well? Definitely, you know? three is definitely not enough. It changes <laughs> all the time. But I'll just be quick with it. I I think the top three would be uh, Unforgiven, for, by Clint Eastwood, uh, Good, Bad, and the Ugly, from Sergio Leone, and Shane from sure. George Stevens. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I forgot about. That. I would. Yeah, I have I a would good go... one. <laughs> I would go with The Searchers uh, by John Ford, uh, I think 1956 or 54. Um, some people are going to hate me, but True Grit, True Grit from 2010, I thought. I, I loved it. Uh, True uh, Grit's uh, a good movie. I, I know more recent films, people are like, ah, but I, I loved it. Um, and I would say uh, Unforgiven as well. I love Hang 'em High. That's a good one. That's an older one. That's excellent <clears throat> also. Yep, for sure. Yeah. I, I, my I'm friend still a Blazing Saddles fan, but that I don't think yeah. that really qualifies. <laughs> <laughs> Raise, raisin. But that is a great film. It, it was a fantastic film. It counts. And Tombs, <laughs> I, I, I did like Tombstone. 
Yeah, oh, yeah. Tombstone, yeah. Tombstone's yeah. a great flick as well, um, which is why three is just not a long enough list, right? So, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> cool. Um, so, what what other pictures have you produced, Ray? I think you mentioned some shorts or other things. Have you worked in the this genre before, or what other genres or other films have you produced prior to this? Well, um, mo- most notably. Uh, well, I, I, maybe it's important to say that I, I actually was a history major, and so cool. I, I just have a hard time, uh, particularly if I'm ri- writing something or if, if somebody asks to work with me. I always do try to do things that just don't play in this in a modern uh, setting. It's always you know in the past, and I actually I made a before this film I made a samurai film, um, short uh, film, short Devil uh, Mountain, correct. Devil Mountain, yeah. Yes. Somebody and, did uh, his research over here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I watched. And, uh, I watched the trailer for that. I want to say that was very impressive. I did want to ask you, where did you shoot that? Especially the spot with on the mountain where they both pulled yeah. out their swords. Uh, that was in uh, that was in Germany. Ah. Uh, uh, there's this little this this little uh, sort of nature reserve where they have these these certain types of rocks that could have been had kind of an eastern feel to it. And uh, we got really lucky. We went there, and it was—it snowed. Uh, it had just snowed, and it was kind of snowing constantly the whole three days we were there. So we had continuity. You know, every day was the same. We got really lucky, and nice. uh, that really helped. Uh, that really helped. You know, give that a certain a certain feel. Uh, so anyway, again, that was kind of a tough shoot. So I don't, I don't. I think with with um, a gun hand, you know, because it's a feature. You know, you're talking a, a much longer schedule. But I do have some experience with going to kind of tougher, you know, uh, areas where you have the weather and you have uh, certain things that you have to deal with. So hopefully that will help, you know, that that experience. Nice. And then you made that commercial with a jazz saxophonist, Benjamin Herman, right? What was was that? Man is, and I don't know how to pronounce that word. What was it? Uh, Affligum? Affligum? Oh, Affligum. Yeah, that's a beer. It's a a Belgian. (laughs) I wasn't sure how to pronounce. I love getting Wayne to try to pronounce things. He has no idea how to pronounce. It's been a running (laughs) joke on this podcast. It made me want to be part of that club. (laughs) No, it it was kind of cool how they did it, that he said, like, it was part of a member of the Affligum Society, and it's a jazz place. It kind of makes them want to, you know, drink that. So it's kind of well-made. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool. It was uh, they definitely want to. It was like a beer, this beer brand. They want to target a certain audience. They want to get like a younger, hip kind of hip kind of thing going. So, so they asked uh, some some. They wanted to have kind of a, a different style of a commercial. Well, commercial and that was commercial actually, work pays the bills, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean that's just the way it is. You was know? was that your concept or their concept, and you shot it? Just curious. Um, it was it was their idea to get a. Um, to, to, to link it with the jazz, and then we just kind of decided to there. shoot it in a way. Nice. So, Ray, what are three points that you could give indie filmmakers looking to break into the industry? Uh, I would say three things. I would say one is you got to make as much mileage as possible. So, you know, just you have to shoot a lot. Uh, you shoot as much as you can and try to, to do some variations on, on genres and on, on styles of, of stories and, and projects. The other thing I would say that's really important is 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 your network. You know, some some filmmakers are it just comes naturally to them, but there's also a type of filmmaker which is the, what I'm like more, who's just kind of sitting in his own, uh, you know, man cave or whatever, 
and and you know writing and, and storyboarding and doing research and reading and stuff and you don't really meet people like that so i mean that's why i'm so happy with you know having met Erman. but for me that's a you know that's a big deal just to, to to go out and meet people so i think that's really important as an independent person filmmaker uh, because the third thing is you know you you have to do everything yourself you have to be ready to do a lot more than you would uh, on a big budget picture where they've got you know the money to pay all these different people you know in, in the end you're going to have to do stuff yourself which is also a lot of fun so I, I would say if you're an independent filmmaker even though you consider yourself to be a writer or a, or a, a, a producer or a director I would say you know do everything uh, I, I personally I've done everything I've I'm not saying I've done it well all of it <laughs> but I, I even acted you know I've even acted in, in some things just so that you know you know it, what it's like for that person uh I've, I've made costumes i've worked on building sets uh you know all that stuff it, it really only the, the only thing i haven't really done that much uh is is what Armand and brandon do is is the, is the producing part and that has to do with networking so mm -hmm. you know you're a hustler right we like it <laughs> cool both yeah. you guys yeah it's the he, it's he, the grind the indie filmmaking grind that's that's what yeah. it is yeah cool yeah, i would say um Oh, sorry. No, <laughs> no. We we want. What are your th What are your three points? My three points is, uh, and this is actually something that helped me today because I'm a writer. Um, uh, that's my, you know, my thing I do. Um, but for me, I would say, um, and you hear this a lot, and I hope it doesn't sound cliche, but it's literally just writing. It doesn't matter if it's like a good idea. Just write because once you get that out of your system, then you can go back and be like, okay, let me let me actually make this better. So. Uh, a lot of it is just actually doing it, you know, and I know that sounds cliche, like I said, but to physically do it, like, you can't say you're a writer and not write, you know, just just mm -hmm. do it and then go back to it later and clean it up. Uh, one of my one of my things is I like to uh, write, put it away, and then look back at it, like, a few weeks later. If it's if I still feel the same way about it, then I'm a rock That's with good. it. But if not, yeah. if not, I'm like, okay, let me, this is a good time to change it. So, you know, sometimes it is good, good to put it away and then come back to it later because you want to just go with the what what you you read and and say okay uh it is still as good as when i wrote it originally so mm -hmm. um put it away for a while and then secondly i would say hey, uh actually like do some living like i know ray said like actually film i would say do some living like to put content out there to to be inspired actually enjoy the world or do something out there you yeah. know it's hard yeah. when you're sitting when you when you put yourself in a, in a in a you know behind four walls Sometimes it is hard to be inspired because you're literally just sitting behind four walls. You're not connecting with the world. You know, a lot of the stories I get or, um, like, when I write comedy, a lot of the funny stuff I get is literally sitting in a coffee shop and hearing other people's conversations, mm -hmm. you know? Because they say funny shit. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and just, life experiences will influence your storytelling yeah. always, right? I mean, yeah. That, yeah, yeah. that's just kind of how yeah. it goes. I, I have exactly. a question because, and I'll just get personal, because we've been talking about projects for like 2017 yeah. and figuring that out. What's your guys' process for choosing or like if you write things, we may have written four or five different scripts over the years, right? How do you how yep. do you decide what to produce next? I mean, how, do, how oh, does oh man I know right? What what's what's the, is it just a gut check? Is it a certain set of criterias? You know, like it for me, it's funny saying that because um, I'll before in the past I would be like, okay, I'm gonna write something that I think would hit next year. Like I think this would be the it topic next year, and I think that's the wrong way to go about it. 
I think you create what you, you truly want to create. If you create just to appease an audience, you know, um, for example, when like Juno came out in 07, I thought to myself, let's make quirky comedies like this because this is what's going to hit next year, you know? But if you do it for the sake of that, you're not really creating from your heart, mm-hmm. you yeah. know? Just so yeah. create what you want to create. Gotcha. Yeah. Good point. I, yes. Good advice. I would get, definitely go along with that, Erman. Uh, that this, it's stuff that that everyday things that that kind of hit you, touch you, that that somehow inspire you to want to tell a, a, a certain story. And it's hard to say where that comes from, or how you just how you decide that now's the time that you want to tell this kind of story. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I think if you if that's the 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 point where you take off from, I think it's got much more chance of of being a success and also of giving you as a as a as an artist or as a filmmaker a fulfilling a feeling. You know, if you're just doing yeah. it for because you're you know just want to. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with making money, but uh, <laughs> money but, should be know, an end result, just, right? You should do it for yeah, the passion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you know what? Interesting enough, it's it's the support you get back to allow you to create more. That's why you know yeah. we have to get paid for our of, art. Of course, it, yeah. it funds yeah. the creativity. Of course, it funds that creative process. Yeah, yeah. There's no escaping that. That's just the way it is. Of course. Yeah. Cool. Well, this was like super awesome, insightful stuff, guys. Like, uh, really happy you guys were able to stick around with us. Thank and, you so uh, much for doing this. Yeah. Uh, you can check out their info at www gunhandthemovie.com look at that you didn't even screw it up (laughs) (laughs) thank you gentlemen good night and thank you so much Welcome to the Wacky Imperfect Podcast Yahoo! Hour. Oh yeah. my God. Pew, 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 ding, ding. Well, with that being ding, said. Ding, ding. <laughs> ricochet Rabbit. Hey. Now there's a Western for you. Hey, ricochet with, Rabbit. Who invited Pistol Pete? <laughs> <laughs>